Welcome to the Story Paths podcast, where we explore links between story and culture. I'm Theodore Lowry, your host. I'm excited to announce that, as of March 2023, I've released my first on-demand creativity course. It's on Skillshare, nestled within a library of great creative courses, and if you're not already on there, I've got a link in the show notes where you can get a free month. My course is called Creative Writing, Brainstorming Story Ideas. In it, I guide you through finding ideas within your memories, working with them as symbols, and learning to deftly combine and recombine them into meaningful stories. There's a trailer for the course there in the show notes, along with the free link. Hope to see you in there. And so, we begin. I'd like to share with you, if I may, a powerful dream that I had, and talk about some of the meanings that it has for me. I don't mean to mine meanings from the dream, but to try to share what I feel this dream is teaching me, what this dream is inviting me into, what kind of sense of self this dream is an invitation to for me. And I hope this will be illuminating and will be a kind of invitation for you to enter into meaningful dreams and stay with them and stay with them for some time to be with those moments in the dreams that are powerful. So I'll tell you the dream in a simple way and then I'll go into, go into it more. I'm on a bed. I'm lying on a bed and above me is clouds and stars, and the bed is flying through the air. I get up on my elbows and realize that I'm with other beds, flying beds, that are going through the air in something which is an equivalent to being in an airplane. We've all signed up for this flight this comfortable flight across the world on beds. But instead of being contained all in an airplane, we all have our own flying beds. And something in me, some impulse, makes me want to look around me. I can't, I can't see down. I'm just in this bed. I'm just waiting for this journey to finish, like being in an airplane, falling asleep and passive and just waiting for the journey to finish. So there's a lever on the bed and I pull this lever and the bed moves from horizontal to vertical. And I almost fall off the bed. I almost topple out from miles above the earth and tumble to my death. But I catch the side of the bed. There's no safety belt or anything like that. Only at the bottom of the bed, there's a bit of a platform to stand on. So I'm clutching the side of the bed and the whipping through the air. And I turn and now I'm able to actually see who the next passenger is. And it's my father. 
And he has also turned his bed to be vertical, and he's also put himself in this dangerous situation, but not for his own sake. He's there supporting me in what I'm doing. And the look on his face is two things. Exercise caution. Don't do things unnecessarily recklessly. And I'm supporting you through this. This dangerous choice of yours to turn the bed and be exposed to this possibility of falling so far to the earth. And I look down at the earth and I see miracles. There's the oceans that are glimmering. Even though I'm high up, I'm able to see all these wondrous different kinds of plants and in particular and, and whales surfacing and diving again and creatures that I've never imagined or seen in any nature documentary. And in particular, I remember a tree which was so big that you could see it from space and it, instead of leaves, it had filaments of light. And I was just so astonished by this, this living miracle of the earth, of this planet, and I just felt like in awe and at the same time feeling like, you know, the earth is so cool. I, it's like I wanted to say to the earth, do you have any idea how cool you are? Like, you're fantastic. This is so cool what you're doing. Like, look at all these creatures. Look at this tree that you've manifested. I mean, look at these oceans. Look at the variety of life. Like, you do, do you have any idea how cool you are? This is incredible. And these beds that we're on, they keep going through the air and they're going, descending now, just like a airplane descends gradually. But instead of going and landing in an airport, runway, or anything like that, I land in a traffic jam. And I get off the bed, and I'm on top of a car. And the air is smoky. It's like an L.A. traffic jam, where there's so many cars, and there's just one person in each one, and... Each of these cars represents resource extraction from the earth to make the metal, the plastic, the wheels, and to power the car. And the people in the cars are stagnant, stuck in traffic. The traffic's stagnant, the air is gray, the cars are all gray. The concrete is gray sky is gray and it's just like a like a stuck vein and all these cars are like blood vessels that can't move through this vein and this contrast between this wondrous blue and green and light and alive planet this miraculous planet within the cosmos, and then zooming in, landing in this traffic jam where my fellow humans and, and I are stuck in that. 
I broke into tears in the dream, and I, I, I just asked out loud, why do we choose to live like this? You know, why do we choose to live like this when we live on a miracle, when we are miracles, when there's such astonishing diversity and personality around us, beyond our species and within our species? Why do we choose to live in traffic jams and skyscrapers and you know, boardroom offices and apartment buildings and everything's paved over and we're isolated ourselves from the wonder of the world. Why do we why do we live that way? So that was the dream. Uh, so now I'll talk about it a little bit and of course I know not everybody lives that way. A dream is quite symbolic in a way, but it sure does happen a lot. It's, it's, it's really prominent in the world, building huge cities and paving everything over and being stuck in vehicles or boxes of some kind or another all day and being isolated from the rest of the world. I'd say nature, but my understanding is a, a functional society wouldn't really call it nature. It's the world. It's the world we live in, and the world is populated by other kinds of beings, non-human beings. It's the world, you know. To call it nature is to keep it at arm's length, keep every, everything except everybody except us humans at arm's length, basically. Why do we choose to live this way? And... It struck me that one of the reasons for that is trauma, of course, historical trauma, and many things that lead to a closing down of imagination, you know? And in, this isn't all occurred to me in the dream, this I'm thinking about this now, but it's a closing down of imagination, you know, education system, post-industrial revolution, cleric, training, education system. Uh, of course, education is more than that as well, and there's some great things going on in education, but that legacy is still there of here's how to fit into what society has been post-industrial revolution. Here's how to find a place in that that's better than just being on the work floor in the factory. You know, run a computer, uh, tally numbers, advertising, you know, to be part of that system somehow. So that's education. Is It's a lot of, a lot of it's about that. Whereas with enough imagination, we might consider that there's a whole host of ways that humans have lived throughout the millennia. It's not just hunting, gathering, agriculture, and then now, and, you know, just like three options or something. People have governed in different ways, made decisions in different ways, fed themselves in different ways, different kinds of ceremonies. There's so many choices have been explored <clears throat> by us as a species over time and exploration of relations with the rest of the planet. 
And this is just one option. It's just one limited choice. And to think that creativity is to move within that basic choice of isolating ourselves from the rest of the world and being involved in a lot of resource extraction and uh, hierarchical systems, top-down systems, that this is like how it is, is a failure of imagination. It's just one way to live. And it seems that we live in a time now that really is inviting us to reimagine everything, our relationship with the world and the way we organize ourselves, the way we feed ourselves, the way we move around, everything. I mean, we kind of have to because it's all so harmful. The way we're doing things is so harmful, unnecessarily harmful and violent. And thinking of my father there, uh, had that sense that he was supporting me in going through this difficult realization or this facing, this grieving for the choices we've made as a species. And I'm in it too. I'm not, you know, above it all. In the dream I was, but I'm both a victim and a perpetrator, as I think most of us are involved in causing more harm just through purchasing things and driving around and stuff like that, and at the same time suffering because of all this. But to face that, to face the grief of these choices we've made as a species and what I find myself in, might be seen as unnecessarily painful. Like, why would I face, why would I meditate on, get into these poor decisions and these trauma we've inflicted on ourselves and all of this? Isn't that just unnecessary? Why, why, why get into that? And so my, my father was there supporting me in doing that, even if he maybe wouldn't do it himself, or he had some understanding that I felt this was the right thing to do. And so he'd support me in that. Just as when I was younger, uh, as a teenager, when I was feeling kind of rebellious, he just let me have these big parties right in his home. It's quite a big uh, suburban home we ran at the time. And he would just go upstairs and just retreat for the whole evening. And he said, if anything goes wrong, you know, anybody gets hurt, I'll be there. Uh, but he just, you know, just when I was ready to rebel, he just backed off and gave me that space to do the rebellious teenager thing. And as it turns out, it didn't really last that long because I wasn't really fighting against anybody. <laughs> he didn't enter into a fight. So he's like, at that time, okay, you got to do that? Okay, I'll support you in that. So I had that feeling from him now that, okay, you want to face this grief of what the choices we've made as a species? Okay, I'll support you in that. I'll help give that container that you can, you can, it's big enough for you and yet it holds you. And that makes me feel that that's something I would like to offer to others. That I, uh, 
I can work to live into, I am working to live into being able to offer that to others. Which uh, sounds like kind of a grand thing, but I, rather than say I'm trying to do it, I'll say I'm, I'm doing it, but it's just really small. And as I go, hopefully my capacity to offer that support to others to go through the, what they have to go through will increase. So that's something I learn, I'm learning from my father in that dream. Yeah, so the miracle of the world, the support of my father, and the choices we've made as a species, despite the miracle of the world. These are the things that this dream is really sharing with me. So I hope you found that uh, illuminating and, and maybe makes you think of some powerful dreams you've had. And some advice that I read recently from Bill Plotkin, who helps people through different stages in their life, entering more deeply into their gifts. Quite a profound man. I don't think my little summary gave him did, did him justice. But something I read recently from Bill Plotkin regarding dreams is that if you have a powerful dream that moves you in some way, that's, that's helping you to understand something, then you can actually return to it and sit with it and sit with those powerful moments in the dream and they can continue to expand for you and that the gift of that dream can actually grow within you when you sit with those meaningful moments. So for me, it was being in the air and looking down at the world and this this sense of, wow, the earth is so miraculous. And not I was in awe, but I was also, it was like seeing a, a friend succeed. Of course, the earth's so much bigger than me, but felt like, wow, this is so amazing. This person that I care for is just so extraordinary. So to sit with that moment, that, that, that feeling, and just be in that and stay, let it make an impression on me remain with it in the day, to think back on that, that sense of, you know, it's a, this extraordinary wonder. I think something like if a person had never seen videos of the Amazon rainforest or been there or anything, and then they'd come there and just like, this exists? This is incredible. That sense of, 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 of wonder and seeing miracles for the first time natural miracles. And then my father, this, this container that's large enough to hold me and not so big that I'll be uncontained. And then that contrast between the miraculous world and the deadening, stagnant choices we've made as a species that are killing us and killing the whole planet or the beings on the planet, the surface of this great, great world we're on. And to sit with that grief as well, and that, oh, you know? Like I'm thinking now of, in the sacred town of Vrindavan in northern India, there's a shrine, a samadhi for Srila Rupa Goswami, 
a, a great mystical poet and teacher and practitioner in the bhakti yoga tradition, worshiper of Radha Krishna, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And that shrine is used to be a simple structure with trees around and people could come and pray and you see pictures of it then and it was still a bit like that when I first started coming and now it looks like it's in a parking lot there's concrete ceilings above there's concrete trees in there and it feels desecrated and this is in the name of progress everything with concrete the 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 whole feeling of the place is become so changed the simplicity and the beauty and the, the you know the leafy trees the breeze it's all gone so it felt something like that this why do we make this choice why do we think this is a good idea why do we think this is development why do we use that word so yeah to sit with that grief of that as well is another lesson of this dream for me. So yeah, I'd invite you to think of a dream that's been powerful for you, whether it's recently or some time ago. And just just think of those those moments in the dream that really had impact on you. Could be one moment, sometimes just one, sometimes more. And just sit with those and let them let them affect you. It's not really about mining meanings from them, but just sitting with them and going deeper into them in your waking state uh, to incorporate and become what that dream's asking of you. All right, so thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, as always, if there's someone you know uh, whom you might, uh, whom you think might, uh, appreciate this kind of thing then do feel free to share it and if not that's totally fine too <laughs> all right so until next time thanks for listening to story paths where we finger threads weaving story with culture before we go i'd like to remind you of my new course creative writing brainstorming story ideas that is now available on skillshare if you're looking for a playful creative space this may just be for you. You can find the trailer and a link for a free month of Skillshare in the show notes. And as we part, I send my best wishes for you and yours. In the words of the Irish poet John O'Donoghue, may you realize that the shape of your soul is unique, that you have a special destiny here, and behind the facade of your life, there is something beautiful and eternal happening. And so we close.